You're now listening to a Word for Deliverance podcast with Pastor Leonard D. Cochran of A Place of Refuge Noonan. A Place of Refuge Noonan is located in the city of Noonan, Georgia. To stay better connected with us for more exclusive information and updates, download our church app, A Place of Refuge Noonan, or visit our church website at apor-noonan.org. Now, let's join in for today's message. What is John 8? Look at verse 31. So our young people, and anybody else that's not seen stuff grow and so forth, get with them out of service and go over there and just look at it. It's, it's beautiful. John 8, 31, 32. Notice, then Jesus said, I'm reading out of King James, New King James. Translations are the same as King James versions. Then Jesus said to those Jews who believed him, if you abide in my word, You are my disciples indeed or truly. If you abide in my word, you are genuine disciples. You're the real deal. And you shall know the truth. Watch this. And the truth shall make, not set, truth shall make you free. Truth is going to cause something miraculous or supernatural to take place in your life. Because when we really look at it, what truth is going to free you from, you were not able to free yourself. Come on. But when you start abiding in truth, truth freed you. Come on. Truth transformed you for the better. Is that your testimony? It's certainly my testimony. Things that I got loose from, I couldn't have did it on my own. The place I am right now, I couldn't have got here on my own. It took me abiding In truth. And then the more I remained in truth, truth freed me. Do y'all hear me? I said truth freed me. So what you see up here, I'm just dealing with me for a moment, is not an overnight success. This is years, come on somebody, of walking in truth. Some, Some folk want it overnight. And God will give you changes overnight. But to do in your life in totality what he desires to do, there's a process that he has to take you through. Am I right about that? But if you will abide in the truth, he will cause your life to be so much better than anything you could have done. On your own. That's my testimony to a youth, to a young adult. Don't get caught up in what this world is offering you. Thinking all you want to do is get the bag. And you're going to be happy. No. The world is giving away bags. But it is things attached to it that will ruin your life. But God say, abide in my word. And I'll give you the bag plus. Come on. Because he'll do an Ephesians 3 and 20 in your life. But he can't do it unless you abide in his word or in truth. If you believe it and know it to be so, then truth becomes the thing which we should never forsake. And so based upon that, look at a neighbor tell your neighbor the subject this morning. Do not forsake truth. Look at somebody else and tell him or her, do not forsake truth. And let's give God a tremendous hand clap for the word thus far. Do not forsake truth. We know again that truth is God. John 17, 17, he said, sanctify them 
through your truth. Then he said, thy word is truth. God is, according to John 1 and 1, the word. In the beginning was the word. The word was with God and the word was God. So God is his word. Truth is the word. The word is God. John 1.14 said, and then the word or the truth became flesh. Now we got Jesus in the earth realm. Now we have the word, watch this, walking amongst men. We got the word talking, conversating with man. We have the word in flesh becoming our primary or main Example, again, that being Jesus or Yeshua. But when we consider the word again, we also consider the word being truth and the word is also the will of God. And so we are not wrong to say if we abide in the truth or if we abide in the word, if we abide in God, if we abide in God's will, we gonna know the truth. We gonna know the word. We gonna know the will of God. And the will of God is going to make us free. Listen, it's gonna transform us for the better. And so if that is the case, and many of us know it to be true, because this is not just something that we have heard from others, but it is our own personal experience. That's what I love about part of Deacon Hill's testimony is that what I love about God is that he will give you your own personal experience. Come on, somebody. Yeah, we look throughout the scriptures at people that got a healing from God, and we appreciate the scripture. But it ain't nothing like God healing your body when you stood on his word. He calls a change to take place that Tylenol could not do. Come on. Advil couldn't handle that migraine. But when you called on the name. Oh, and there are a few of us that have done it, obviously. But he's a healer. And so based upon that, listen to me. We should not forsake truth. When you forsake something, number one, you leave it. Don't tell me the truth had transformed your life. And then I find you leaving the truth. I find you abandoning the truth. Well, Lord, have mercy. You start renouncing the truth. See, you can leave the truth or the word or the will of God. You can leave it in thought. You can leave it in word. You can leave it in deed. Sometimes you know people have left truth or abandoned truth because now they're talking differently. What they were saying six months ago is not what they're saying today. And so it becomes obvious by what's coming out of their mouth that they done left truth. How many of you ever talked to somebody and you knew according to what was coming out of their mouth you knew they were no longer abiding in truth. See, in part, I'm going to know where you at. You're going to know where I'm at just by listening. You ain't going to have to wonder or pray if pastor is still in truth. Just come to church and listen to me teach and preach. Am I still preaching and teaching according to the word? Or have I written a book that I'm teaching out of every Sunday? Huh? To the point to where my book is more powerful than the book. Oh, I should have, oh, come on, somebody. And that's how some preachers are. They only preach out the word no more. They preach out of their books. Come on. Nothing you or I could ever write would become more powerful than the word itself. Because if we are abiding in truth, watch this, whatever book we write is going to line up with what? The truth. Other word, am, am I right? You write a book on marriage. If you're really abiding in the word, you cannot include in your book that a man can marry a man. That a woman can be with a woman. Come on, you can't include that. 
in your book. Not if your book is based on the book. Am I right about that? But notice when Jesus started talking, it's clear in verse 31 who he was talking to. Look back at it again. Then Jesus said to those Jews who believed him. He started talking to people who who believed him. Mm. So, Lord, you, you weren't talking to, to everybody. You were just talking to people who, who, who believe you. Because no, notice what Jesus even recognized. That everybody who heard him didn't believe him. You know I know that. That even though I'm going to teach today line upon line, Precept upon precept. Here a little, there a little. We're going to line the word up today. That problem will be somebody to leave here today. And they will not believe the report. They're going to keep living the way they were living before they ever came here. Even though the word was meant to cause change for the better. See, this is important because you can't be getting all twisted and bent out of shape because everybody won't believe what you believe. Come on. I learned that years ago. Look, I'm going to stand on this. And no matter how many of my relatives kick against it, you won't move me. Come on. You, you won't move me. You won't move how I do things at my house. Nothing I'm doing is going to change because you don't believe. But with some people, it do. They'll be believing until they start hanging with an unbeliever. Woo, quiet in the house. That's when the Bible teaches us not to be unequally yoked together with what? An unbeliever. Because when you get yoked to certain unbelievers, they ain't thinking about believing what you believe and they show you in word, thought, and deed. I don't want nothing to do with that. Woo, quiet in the house. But what's interesting is verse 33. Because we know he was talking to Jews who what? Believe. But then look at verse 33. They answered him. We are Abraham's descendants. And have never been in bondage to anyone. How can you say you will be made free? He was talking to believers. But unbelievers had a response. Why is this important to us? Because you got to recognize there are folk that can't live it. And they don't want you to live it. Come on. These folks are deniers of truth. They don't want to walk in the truth. This is so important. They just want to argue about it. Now, Jesus said, if you abide in my word, you're going to truly be my disciples. You're going to know the truth. The truth going to make you free. Now, they come back and say, hey, we ain't ever been in bondage. Can I break it down? We don't need to be saved. We don't need truth to be free. We Abraham seed. Denying what Jesus came to do. Not recognizing that Jesus was in truth Abraham's father. And he had to bust him up and say, before Abraham was, I am. I was there before Abraham. Come on, somebody. And see, so what we learn with this is that even though he was talking to Jews who believed, he got a response from the Jews who didn't believe. Because what you got to recognize when you abiding in truth is that folk going to talk. You better tell somebody, folk going to talk. Tell your neighbor, just like they talk, when you are a sinner, now that you're a saint, striving to do right, shout real out. Some are still talking. 
You know what that said? That said that there's some folk you never going to please. They were talking about you before you got in church. You got in church, stop stealing. Stop gambling. You stop running women. Stop being the town drunk. Now what they say about you since you're saved and full of the Holy Ghost. Look at him. He go to church too much. He always smiling. He always talking about that Bible and that Jesus of here and what his giving will do, how his giving will change his living. I'm t- so y'all still talking about me. Why am I teaching this? Because if you don't get accustomed to folk talking, you will not be able to abide in truth. Because you're going to allow what folks say to pull you out of truth. It don't take all that. No. It take all this and more. I ain't got time to listen. I like Nehemiah's response when he was rebuilding the wall. Doing the will of God. Folk tried to meet with him. Up to no good. They said, come down off the wall so we can talk to you. I'm paraphrasing. And meet us in oh no. But that's exactly what Nehemiah said. It's kind of, oh no. He, Nehemiah said oh no to oh no. Come on. There are certain people. You're not being rude. But I don't have time to listen to what you're saying. We done been over this. I done showed you Bible. I showed you Word. I know I'm talking right. Now I'm not going to continue arguing and debating. Watch this. What I know has changed my life. There will be no debate about tithing in this church because I know what tithing has done for me and God's people. So it don't matter what Reverend so-and-so say. It don't matter what Pastor Quarter say. Pastor Quarter can keep talking, but I'm going to keep abiding in the truth. Pastor, seem like you stubborn. Yeah, but in a good way. Stubborn is not always a negative connotation. Sometimes you got to get stubborn about the right thing. When it comes to the word, I don't want to be a poodle. I want to be a pit bull. I want to lock down on this thing. God, I wish I had some witnesses. I said, I want to lock down on the word. See, I know what it's done for me. I know what it's done for me. I know when people said I'd never be nothing. It was the word that made me something. Come on. Am I just talking about me? Folks said you'll never be nothing. Said you'll never accomplish anything. I remember when folks said about her, he ain't going to ever get himself together. Only thing made them a liar was truth. That's when the word say, let every man be a liar, but let the word be what? Truth. Y'all ready to dig a little bit? Y'all ready to dig a little bit? What are we talking about? Do not forsake what? Do not forsake what? Now, you got to recognize in the time in which we live, there are churches, there are organizations, bishops, apostles. They are backing off of truth. Now, the main reason they're backing off is because in one sense, the church is taking heat from other sects and organizations who don't believe what we believe. Listen carefully. And sometimes when folks stop believing what you believe, they'll probably put, they'll try to apply pressure to you or put heat on you to change or else they're going to leave. Come on. 
But see, if, if you done vowed that you ain't going to forsake truth, then sometimes it's necessary, may not be what you want, but it's necessary to allow people to walk away. I would rather folk leave me than these folks stay and I lead the word. Come on, look at somebody say, there are people who enter your life for a season. Come on. Can't never, there are people who enter your life for a blessing and a lesson. <laughs> Did y'all care? And a lesson. God, why you let them into my life? They wasn't no blessing. No, they were a lesson. I let them enter so I can teach you something. And sometimes you can say all day with your mouth, I ain't going to forsake the law. I'm going to abide in the word no matter what. Well, no matter what has to show up. Some things have to come that will try you. You have to be, your, your feet, if, they, if the old folks say, have to be put to the fire. Come on. Look, look at Proverbs 4. See, that's just like the day now. If Donna gets stupid and won't abandon the truth, she know I'm not following. She should. I hope she said amen. She know I'm not following her. There's no question about it. That seat right there will be empty for a minute. Y'all going to be wondering what's going on. Fur lady done abandoned the truth. And really, she wouldn't even be no fur lady no more. She ain't no example. She don't turn back and doing what she used to do. And then think I'm going to follow her. Think I'm going to be that wimp. That jelly back. But everybody ain't like that. Some folk leave because they spouse leave. They spouse abandoned the truth, so they abandoned it. They friend abandoned truth, so they abandoned it. That ain't me. Come on, I, I hope I'm preaching right. That ain't me. I hear some old folks saying that ain't me. If a person asks you to choose between them and God, and, and, and you tell them, well, I, I, I got to pray. Ooh, you twisting my arm here. It's going to be a tough decision. You and God? Yeah, let me know in 48 hours. Oh, it ain't got to be. Ain't no 48 hours. I don't need 48 hours. I choose God. What if your mama tell you that? I'm tired of you coming over here with that God stuff. Now, don't come back, girl, if you got to talk about God ever here again. It's going to be me or God. Choose your mama or your God. Mama, you gave me natural birth, but he gave me rebirth. He... Some of y'all like I'm making you mad, like Pastor, you shouldn't, you shouldn't, you shouldn't say that. Jesus said, you shouldn't put father, mother, children before him. That's what he said. Now this weak church. They letting folk put in and everything for God, and it's okay. Look at, look at Proverbs 4. Now listen, because we're we going to get into the meat of it. Do not forsake the truth. Listen. Proverbs 4, let's start at verse 1 for clarity. Proverbs 4, 1. Are y'all there? Hear, my children, the instruction of a father. And give attention to no understanding. For I give you good doctrine. Do not forsake my law. Notice that a person can forsake, according to this text, something that is good. Hear my children instructions of a father. Give attention to no understanding. Notice what he said. For I give you good doctrine, good teaching. Do not forsake my law. I just want to prove to you that once saved, always saved is not true. 
you and I can both forsake the law. The law is the word. The word is God. Listen, God will never forsake us. But we can forsake him. Are y'all hearing me? You can choose, even though the law of the word is good, you can choose to forsake it. Now, here's a father talking to his children. And he knows that what he's giving his children, number one, is good. Let's break this down. It's healthy. Well, first of all, it's right. Good represents what's right. I'm telling you what's, what's right. I'm telling you what's right. Listen, church, that means being free moral agents, we can forsake what's right. Nobody is going to twist your arm to make you do what's right. Well, my parents said they got grown children. If you could, you give them a lollipop, a popsicle. And send them to their room. And tell you ain't coming out of that room until you want to play right. And because they want that popsicle, you're going to see them coming out of there. You're going to play right? Yeah, ma'am. Here you go. Some of you don't understand because you got grown too. When they get grown... You want to take them sometime and just. Mm. Come on, mom. I don't care how big he is. When he get acting like you ain't taught him what's good because his chest sticking out. He got hair on his face. You make you want to. But see, you have to recognize as a parent, as a leader, you can do good teaching. But folk can forsake what you teach. They don't no longer have to abide in what is, watch this, healthy. See, good doctrine is right doctrine. It's healthy. It's sound. Come on. It's beneficial. So we can forsake what's good for us. I would tell the person the other day, there are things that God has told us not to do. Listen, church, it's good doctrine. It's for our benefit. And, and the older you get sometimes, let's go back to it from the natural to get you to understand. There were things I, I didn't understand what my parents were, were saying to me. I fought them on a lot of stuff. But it, the older I got, When I started having, you know what I said? I shouldn't have fought dead and mama. Come on, somebody. But sometimes as children, watch this, as immature people, we fight what's good for us. Pastor saying what he's saying this morning, because the church needs to hear it. Not just hear it, we need to live in it. We need to abide by it, regardless of what the worldly church or the false church is doing. But you'll have some people that think that it's not good for them. It's hurting them. I don't understand people who, when they look at the tithe, they see it as something that's hurting them. If you're struggling right now, and the only thing you know to do is to blame your tithing and giving, specifically the tithe, a dime out of every dollar, you're saying that's the problem. Come on, you know you got a bigger problem. Come on, because we didn't give 10 to the devil. We, we gave more like 50. Come on, they're folks dropping their head when they think about God, I get whole check. Whole check to gambling. 
Some of you didn't go in no liquor store and look at the look and be like, I, I can only spend 10. 10% can only go to this. No, we go until we get drunk. We go until we can't go no more. Come on, somebody. The nerve of the church to look at tithing as something that hurts. When in the Old and the New Testament, every time the Bible or God speaks of it, it's in reference to it being a blessing. And see, let me tell you why that's important. Because you can faithfully tithe, but if you think you're doing something that's hurting you, you won't see the benefits you should see. Because as a man sow it, that shall he also reap. You giving it hard is coming back hard. But I always look at tithing and giving. I always have. 25 plus years as I'm doing something to help myself. And it has always helped me. Look at, look at Psalm 119. Woo-wee. See, some of you better change your mind about how you see stuff. I look at coming to church as being a good thing. I said a good thing. I love coming to church. Well, Pastor, that's called you got to preach. I ain't always had to preach. And there are preachers who don't like going, even though they got to preach. Psalm 119. Come on, how many love coming to church? I got a few hands. Some didn't raise your hand. Don't raise it now, too late. Psalm 119, 87. As y'all turn to Psalm 119, 87, how many know the way you look at things matters? Again, some can be good for you, but if you're looking at it like it's bad, you're not going to adhere to it. You're not going to want to do it. You see it as bad. Pastor, I'm going to cuss out. She say something. Don't cuss, cuss her out bad. Don't cuss her out. She got to know who she's dealing with. She already knows who she's dealing with. She ain't blind. She see you. I need to make myself known. We had something happen at the church, and a brother told me, he said, Pastor, he said, if this man would have grabbed my child and ran off with my child, I'd have laid down my religion and went and beat him down. I said, Brother, I said, you ain't got to lay your religion down. Keep your religion and still go beat him down. Because if somebody grabbed one of my grandchildren out my arm, I ain't laying down my religion. God going to empower me to put it on them. Come on, somebody. You don't get like the uh, religious church. Oh, you don't push me. I'm finna lay down my religion. And then once you cut somebody out, then you're gonna pick it back up. What I look like at the strip club and run into somebody that has visited here, and they like, whoa, don't I know you? I'm like, yeah, Pastor Cochran. Woo, come on. Hey, you, come on. They're like, man, what's going on with you? I told me I just laid down my religion tonight. I'm on. I hope you be there Sunday. I'm on. I'm on still be preaching. Come on, that's real. See, sometimes folks are trying to provoke you. They'll try to make you go somewhere. You you don't need to go. Don't lay your religion down. Don't forsake the law cause you mad, cause you upset. Come on, somebody. It, the word is right now. Psalm 119, verse 87. Watch this. They almost made an end of me on earth. Good, great. Is he going through something? Is he going through some church? Listen to the word. Psalm 119, verse 87. They almost made an end of me on earth. Woo. Bro, you battling hard. I ain't never went through so hard that people almost made an end of me on earth. I've had some that probably wanted me to leave earth. Why y'all laughing? You have too. (laughs) Right? But this is why I want you to see. He's going through something. But listen to the testimony. But I did not forsake your precepts. Yeah, Lord, I was going through something. But I did not forsake your precepts. You you got to have the ability to go through something, but not forsake God's precepts or truth. 
See, you got to know how to battle in your body. As you wait for God to send supernatural strength that relieves your body of pain. But you can't say the pain is so horrendous, Pastor. The only way to get relief is to smoke this blunt. Pastor, I know you're against marijuana. What they used to call reefer. But Pastor, it is an urge. See, because some folk will allow what they're going through and the fact that they want relief to cause them to get out of God's will. See, you can't do that. Because, listen, every one of us going to go through some things sometimes that's going to be painful, uncomfortable, and you're going to desire to get out. Come on, somebody. I'm, I'm, I'm preaching real. You're going to desire to... To do what you want to do above what God will have for you to do. But see, he had people that were trying to end his life. But he said, but I did not forsake. I didn't allow that to get me out of your will, God. Come on, saints. And we got to be the same way. You have to have that ability to go through something, yes, that you deem tough. But sister, you got to mature and learn Though it's tough, you got to remain in the will of God. Because sometimes as you mature in God, you're going to start going through things you never went through before. Come on. Some of us just still stuck on the light bill. But I'm going to tell you, there are more trials than a light bill. Come on, come on, come on, somebody. There are some trials will hit you. But you'll say, man, I ain't never went through nothing like this. But you can't let it pull you out the will of God or cause you to do something. Listen, church, that you know you have no business doing. You've been taught better. Come on. Now, with that being said, in time past, we have allowed things and people to cause us to forsake the law. Come on. You ain't got to say it, but I know we have. Some of you have. But notice what he said again. They almost made an end of me on earth, but I did not forsake your precept. That's how we got to be. But notice this. Notice Jeremiah. Because if we're going to abide in the truth, if we're going to be the folk that we're not going to forsake the law, let me show you something we all going to need. Notice Jeremiah 7. Show you something we all going to need in order to abide in the truth. Or to be to the point where we ain't going to forsake the law. Y'all notice what I said. I'm going to show you something that we all going to need. All right? So we turn into Jeremiah 7 to see something all of us going to need. Now this thing I'm going to talk about, without this, you can't abide in truth. Without what I'm about to show you, you're going to forsake the law. You're going to forsake truth. Notice Jeremiah. Jeremiah 7. I'm seeking y'all, let's, let's, let's see can we... Uh, Pick this up, Jeremiah 7, Jeremiah Old Testament. Notice verse 28. So you shall say to them, he talking to Jeremiah, this is a nation that does not obey the voice of the Lord their God, nor receive correction. Truth, watch this, therefore we try not to forsake it, truth. Truth has perished and has been cut off from their mouth. Notice, so you shall say to them, talking about Judah, the people pray, this is a nation that does not obey the voice of the Lord their God. God's voice is directly, his voice is indirectly. When you read in the word of God, you are actually hearing the voice of God. But they, but they stop obeying the voice of the Lord their God. But notice something else they stop doing. They stop receiving correction. See, listen, number one, to abide in the truth. Or to not forsake the law. We need correction. We need to be corrected. See there are times in word. In thought and in deed. We are about to forsake the law. We are about to step out of God's will. And so God sends correction. He sends correction. Don't do that. Don't. Say that. 
Don't go there. See, he sends correction. Listen, when I reject it because I despise it or I disdain it or I look down on it. See, there's no way I'm going to abide in the truth because I won't receive what he is sending to keep me in truth. Tell your neighbor, correction comes to keep us in truth. Correction coming today for somebody. A lot that I've said for some folk, it had been correction. Correcting behavior. Correcting the way some of us been choosing to handle things on the job and at the house. He's sending correction. Now, if you receive it, you can abide in truth. But if you say, man, I ain't hearing that. See, you getting out of truth. You're going to forsake the law. Oh, do y'all see that? So, so, so we cannot be haters of correction. We got to receive it. And sometimes correction hurts. Oh, Lord. I said it hurt. What do it hurt? The flesh. But because he loves us. Come on, somebody. He what? He corrects us. Just like a father does a son. He corrects us. Why? If he don't, you're going to stray. That's when I have to be able to hear clearly from him, come out here and say certain things because I need correcting and God people need correcting. Look at it again. Now, he's talking about Judah. Y'all know who Judah represents, don't you? The people of praise. Look, look, look at the people of praise that got hard-headed. Do y'all see it? So you shall say to them, this is a nation that does not obey the voice of the Lord their God, nor receive correction. Truth has perished, and it has been cut off from their mouth, or they are not answering God's call for repentance. See, listen, when the word comes forth, you don't always have to come to the altar to repent. Sometimes when the word is coming and is hitting, come on somebody, is stepping on toes, don't sit there and wait to, well, when the end of this service, oh, I'm going to repent. No, do it right there in your seat. Go ahead and start changing your heart, your mind, come on, as the word deals with you. But see, as the word was dealing with Judah, Judah didn't change. And that's how some of God's people are. You stubborn in a wrong way. That word coming, you know it's the word because I ain't been with you over the weekend. You know it's the word because I ain't been inside your mind, but the word dealing with your thoughts. See, Judah became idol worshipers because they forsook the law. They didn't receive correction and they went into idolatry. Do y'all hear me? That's when you look at some, some folks in the church, they have gone completely into idolatry because when God sent correction, they didn't receive it. And so you got a whole organization now that's off course. And when you look back at that church, you say, man, that church used to be on fire for God. What happened? God sent correction up in that house. The pastor didn't receive it. Leaders didn't receive it. Members didn't receive it. And that church started doing their own thing. And y'all know we can start doing our own thing and still have a good name. Look at that. They rejected correction. Truth was cut off from their mouth. So they had no answer. Now we're coming back to that in the close. But notice John 8. And I'm bringing it in. Notice John 8. We ain't done with, with Jeremiah. But go to John 8. Ooh, we getting it done. John John 8. Look at, look at verse 31 again. Look at it. Jesus said to those Jews who believe. If you abide in my word, which is truth, which is my will, you're my disciples indeed. You shall know the truth. The truth shall make you what? Transform you for the better. But this is what I want to see you this morning. Tell you, neighbor, when you abide in truth, it guarantees that you will always be progressive. 
That's what I love about abiding in truth. Is that it's going to cause me to progress. No way you're going to abide in truth and get stagnant. No way. Because abiding in truth, again, notice this, it has liberating power. And so you're going to always in life find yourself being progressive. Listen to me. Step. Come on, somebody. By what? Step. By. I'm just, I'm, I'm, I'm just abiding in truth. Watch this. Trials are coming. People are talking. Things happening in the world. Abiding in truth don't stop some stuff from happening in the world. Abide in truth all you want. I guarantee you gas price will not be a dollar and 15 cents a gallon this weekend. But watch this. But I'm guaranteed to progress in life. Listen, in every aspect of life, just The problem with some of you is that you, you want to do this. And if God don't let you do that, well, truth ain't working. Why truth ain't working? Man, I put $50 on all the last week and stuff still right. Come on. And, and I've seen it in my life. This reason I can teach it. Well, I have wanted this. And to just get honest with you, I didn't just want this. I wanted me some. I wanted to play some hopscotch with God. All of these babies still, I can't even. But when you abide in truth, show me somebody in this church been abiding in truth. I'm going to look at their life with you, and this is what you're going to see. Step. See, what y'all make the mistake and see somebody pull up in a new truck, and then you assume. You don't know how long he been seeding for that truck. You don't know how many times he was denied for that. You don't even know the whole story. Come on, he got that business just going. Years ago, the only thing he had was the name. Didn't have no resources, didn't have no money, had a name and Windex. I will preach up in here, had a name and Windex. But people run from church to church trying to find somebody to teach them how to hop, how to skip. That ain't this church. I'm going to teach you how to go. And you're going to see your life change. You're going to be progressive. Young people, you're going to do it. You're going to look around in your school. You're going to see some boys that, that, that that's doing wrong and seem like they just passing you, seem like they just in a hurry to get to where they're going. You just keep going. And then a few years later, they, they were running fast to jail. You, you, did, you bypassed all of that, just kept going. Bye. Now you're 21, got your own business because you just kept going. Come on, somebody. I'm teaching right. I'm teaching right. But devil and demons try to get us to look at things. Make us think it ain't changing fast enough. Like I say, some of you go look at your finances. The numbers ain't right. But see, the enemy done caused you to forget all the trouble and hardship that you had to pull money out to handle it. But you was able to handle it. I've looked at my account and it was a little lower. But guess what? I've been handling major things. I've been taking care of business. Mainly, I've been paying cash for stuff that I normally charge. Come on, somebody. That's all a mindset. A lot of times you didn't even get stuff fixed around the house. That's when it was still tore up. Now you're taking the money and you're handling business. But the same way he calls the account to be high, when it get low, he know how to take it back to being what? High. You better high five to my and tell me he know when I need to be high. Oh, God, I'm trying not to preach. Tell somebody else, he know when I need to be high. But he know how to take care of me when I'm low. 
Come on, real quick, real quick. Back, 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 back to Jeremiah 7. I got to close. Real quick. Back to Jeremiah 7. I got to close. See, look clever ways the enemy try to get you out of truth. Get the message with yourself. Uh, Jeremiah 7. And see, sometimes we go look at the thing God ain't told us to look at. Go pull your account, look at it. Who told you to look at it? Who told you to look at it? You got to be careful before you look at it. It may not have been God that told you to look at it. Look at Jeremiah 7, 7 and 24. This is the same. Remember I told you, we abide in truth. We're going to be progressive. Y'all remember that? Step by step. But now watch this. Watch Judah in, in Proverbs 7 and 24. Because they didn't heed correction. They forsook the law. They forsook truth. Notice what happened. Jeremiah 7 and 24. Yet they did not obey or incline their ear, but followed the counsels, the dictates of their evil hearts. Uh-oh. Watch this. And went backward and not what? Take that when you forsake the truth, you're going backwards and not forward. Come on, somebody. The thing with us, we'll see somebody forsake truth, go backwards. And then we see them, we think they're doing good. How can a person in totality truly be doing well if they done forsook the word? Come on, they're going backwards. Notice he says about Judah, they went backwards and not what? So see, now you're going to leave today knowing it's God's will for you to go what? Tell your neighbor, despite what's happening in your life right now, it's God's will for you and I to move forward. Can we agree on that? He wants us to go what? Forward. He don't want us to go what? But the only way to go forward is I got to abide in truth. If you forsake the law, you're going backwards. So do not forsake the law. I'm done. Let's give God a praise. I'm done. Woo, come on, let's give him a thunderous hand of praise. We pray that you are blessed by today's message. Be sure to listen and share other messages available through our podcast outreach. We thank you for all of your past, present, and future support for our ministry. And remember, Jesus is a refuge.